0: have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Well, For those of you who are visiting with us or haven't been here, my name is Anna Ervolino. My husband, Joel, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastors of this congregation of The Rock. We are living right now on the other side of surrender. We gave God our best yes and said, God, for your glory, if you want us to move to South Orange County and pastor a church, we will do that, Lord. We were living a little decent life out in Fullerton on staff at the main campus things were well, but when God arrests your heart and he begins to speak to you that he has more than you can imagine, you are undone in his presence and you are willing to say, Lord, use me. We will go. And we have been living here for a year. God is moving in this church. We have a vision to see this whole territory filled with people born again, loving Jesus, discipled the real deal. I don't want anything fake. I am just done. I want the real deal. We're living the real Christian life. We love Jesus in private. We honor God even when no one's looking. And then we come here. This is an outpouring of what he's doing in our life all week. And he's raising up a body of people that are going to see revival hit this territory like nothing we've ever seen. And we're going to be right in the midst of it. Rejoicing, loving God, worshiping, seeing people born again. He promised me and I'm about to do a great work of justice. Justification, which means people get saved. They go from darkness into light. They say, I didn't see that this God was real. He's real to me now. They come to him. And then sanctification, where Jesus just cleans us up. He says, you used to talk like that. I don't want you talking like that anymore. You used to behave like that. I have a new plan for you. And he begins to give you his power to live that life. And things get radically amazing. So stick around. We always say, give God a year here at The Rock and see if he doesn't transform your life. So stick with us. But this morning, I'm going to pray and we're going to get into the word. Heavenly Father, as I pray every week, God, I pray that I would just fade out and your word would go forth. You know every person in this room, God, and every person who will listen via podcast to this message, Father. So I pray it would be tailor-made for them. Father God, you don't need, we don't need to hear from man or woman. We need to hear from your heart this morning. So speak loud and clear. We want to hear from you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So this message is, this morning is a timely, it's a sensitive message. It's a prophetic or a foretelling message. And it's to prepare our lives for the season that we're in. Our text is out of Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. We can read that right now. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord coming. So before Jesus returns for the second time... This is what we're going to see. He says, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Now, before you check out of this message and say, you're talking to fathers. Well, I'm a single man or I'm a single woman or, or I don't have any kids. I'm telling you, this message is not just talking about fathers and sons or fathers and daughters. This message is talking about God's ability to turn hearts that you You can think I'll, I'll always be angry with them. They'll never try. And God has an ability to come in and turn a heart happened to me. Has it happened for you? You think, I'll never, ever do that. I'm never moving there. I'll never. And then he'll flip your heart and you'll be doing things. You think, I never saw this. God has the power to turn hearts. And the spirit of Elijah is moving right now in the earth to turn our hearts, fathers towards their children, children towards their fathers, and also a great work of reconciliation in the family unit. You know, we think, oh, if government could just get it together. Politics or the education system before those institutions were ever in place, God designed the family from the beginning of time. He said, this is what I believe. And this is the unit that's going to change the world. And this prophecy says in the last days before I return, I have a strategy. I have a plan. Oh, people don't get how powerful this plan is, but I'm about to do something and I'm going to turn hearts and I'm going to respond restore the family and my glory is going to be shown. And you might be sitting here thinking, my family's a mess. If you knew my parents, or if you knew the family I came from, but God, father, God, the heart of father, God is here this morning. And he has an ability. I was just at youth camp with all these youth, all these young boys telling me, Oh, you don't know my family story and the love of God, the heart of father God poured out on these youth and they're weeping in his presence. These tough boys weeping saying, I never felt the love of God like this. They were shocked. Is this what the love of God feels like? This is wild. I love it. The heart of the father is pouring out. You're not only being reconciled to your family, but you're reconciling to father God. People look and think, Oh, China, no one's getting saved. They're being persecuted. No, hear me. God is turning hearts all over the world. We're hearing of Muslims, not even getting preached to God, revealing himself to them, them getting baptized people that you would get you know, murdered for changing your faith. And people are coming to Jesus, the real God. People want the real deal and the presence of God is real. So stay with me. This message is not just about fathers and sons and fathers and daughters. This is a message about reconciliation and God turning hearts. So this woman, I met this woman on a conference call this week and she's, they live in Israel. And she was telling me about this this sense that God is moving in a turning of heart season. She was saying, I was estranged from my sister for like decades. I haven't talked to her. She wouldn't talk to me. And this year, she just showed up on my doorstep in Israel and we reconciled, just like that. She didn't see it coming. She didn't do anything. The father turned a heart to reconcile that family. And she, this leader out of Israel, said, We're seeing God do that the never evers. I never, ever thought I'd do that. I never, ever thought I'd give up that thing or move on from that or that relationship. And God is shifting hearts because he wants to do something in your life. The prophetic word out of Malachi is telling us that before the second coming, the spirit of Elijah will turn hearts and specifically talks about the hearts of the family unit and gives us a strategy for what will be a dark hour. It's an unexpected strategy to restore all things. We assume, well, wouldn't God say, I'll come and I'll flip the education system. Or why didn't he come and say, I'll turn the hearts of the kings or the governors or the people in political leadership, I'll turn their hearts. No, he said, I'll turn the hearts of the father. Father towards the sons because he knows the power in the family unit this strategy involves family before any other institution was designed by god he designed the family in genesis 126 it said this then god said let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea the birds of the heavens over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And and God said to them, now be fruitful and multiply. That says, make a family, have a family. This was way before any other institution was ever put in place. There was family. And ever since God created it, it's been under assault. It's been under assault. But this prophetic word from Malachi gives us a strategy that only God could come up with. He's not saying get a hold of the government to usher in revival. That will prepare the way of the Lord. No, he says the spirit of Elijah will work and turn hearts. And it describes children to fathers and fathers to children. I, it's a wonder we're actually dealing right now with a fatherless epidemic in our world. Malachi 4, six tells us that if the father's hearts are not turned, there will be a curse. We would call this the curse of fatherlessness. We have the, seen the result of a generation without their fathers in our nation. We need true fathers raised up, not just having biological kids, but people with the heart of the father raised up. And you know why Elijah, the spirit of Elijah is talked about? Because Elijah... He did not have kids. It says that he met a widow and he took care of that widow and her son for many years, knowing the power in investing in this childless. I mean, in this fatherless boy that he came in and met a need and they met a need for him in an hour of desperate need. He became a father or carried the heart of the father. And then Jesus, Jesus was the greatest carrier of a father's heart and he was a single man. So don't tune yourself out to think you can't carry the heart of a father and be part of the reconciliation that's going to happen in the earth just because you don't have kids. And some of you might have kids and God is going to speak to you and every one of you has a father, whether living or dead, whether he was good or whether he was really bad. The heart of father God is here this morning to reconcile and heal and make, make amends because that's what the great revival is going to look like. No more broken, bitter people, people that are full of the love, the forgiveness of God and flowing that way to our units, to our family units, Paul told the Corinthian church, they had 10,000 teachers, but few fathers. You know, there's a lot of people, but few fathers. It carries a different heart. Being a father and a mother in the body of Christ is a whole new level of commitment. And turning our hearts towards our children is action-orientated. This is not passive. When God begins to move that way, we have to respond to his touch, his, his leading. I find it funny that it doesn't say, turn a mother's heart. Towards her children. You, ever, you don't need to turn a mother's heart. Towards her children. I've had four kids. And this is how it goes. The baby comes out. And my husband. He's over here far away looking like. Alright good job way to go. Don't get that thing near me. You clean it up first and then we'll talk. I don't know if it's mine. It's head looks a little funny. I don't know why is head? And Joel's just backed up like, good job, hun. Way to go. I'll see you in a little bit. I got to get out of here. And then the, the nurses or the doctor can take that messy baby all goopy. Babies don't come out all clean. Mama's in the house and they can put that goopy baby right on a mom's chest. You don't care. You don't care what it looks like, how messy it is. The mother's heart is just instantly turned towards the child. But the dads, the dads are like, good job, woman. See, in a little bit, I'm going out to the cafeteria. Our fourth child was so funny. We had all these kids, right? And then the fourth child, Joel, pulls up in the roundabout at the hospital and drops me off. Texts me when the baby's almost here, and I'll run on over. He went across the street to have a bowl of Vietnamese soup. And so, sure enough, I was like, okay, baby's about to come. He ran in. Met the baby and ran out. And I wasn't mad. You know, I'm not sensitive like that. Some women would be sensitive. I was just happy. Happy to be having these kids. Happy to have a good husband. But my heart was turned towards those babies instantly. I mean, they would just, I would lay there all night just hugging them, staring at them. But I'm telling you, God's going to do a miraculous thing. And the father's hearts are turning towards the children with that same passion and power. I remember I was about 11 or 12 years old. I'm from a family of four kids. I got to get water. Do you hear my voice? It's, I've been preaching like this month, like nonstop. But when I was about 11 or 12, we, my dad invited me and my brother on a separate family vacation, which to some is like odd. So my mom and my sisters stayed home. And my dad took me and my brother Daniel and said, I'm taking you guys away for the weekend and we're going to a dude ranch in Wyoming. So we lived in Colorado Springs. So we loaded this little plane and flew into this dude ranch in Wyoming. And I was thinking, why am I at a dude ranch with my brother and my dad? But now as a grown woman, I realized that that was a season of my adolescence when I really needed my father's attention. And so my dad, I didn't realize it then was like making time to like turn his heart towards mine and me turn my heart towards him. So I grew up in a family where it was like, kind of like ask your mother, like you go ask dad a question. I don't know. Ask your mother, ask your mother, right? She had all the power and decision-making ask your mother. But after that trip to the dude ranch, I leaned into my dad more. I began to look to him more. I had to ask him, dad, what do you think about this? And what do you, and our hearts turned towards one another. These things don't just happen by accident. Sometimes though God's power comes behind it and blesses it. It takes an action as a parent to adjust your heart to be turned towards your child. And now more than ever, I was, when I was speaking up at youth camp, I heard the Lord whisper to my heart, tell moms that their sons want to talk but they want to talk when they're in the car and she's ignoring them. So as moms, we get on our phones or we play our music. And the the spirit of God was saying, tell the moms, the boys want to talk more, but you got to turn the music off and, and turn your heart towards them. This takes an action. Even nowadays, we think that young people, they just need their peer groups. They just need their friends. And we push them towards their friends. No, they need us. They need mothers and fathers more than ever. They're only creating these clusters or these friendships in their peer groups because their parents are overwhelmed and their hearts aren't turned towards them and they think they don't understand them. But you need the mother and father's heart more than ever. And parents need to turn their hearts towards their kids. And this is the great revival. And this is the strategy of God for the end days. You think, oh, my friend, my son or daughter has good friends. No, they don't need a tribe. It doesn't take a village. It takes a mom and a dad with their hearts turned towards them their children, committed to walk in it with them for the long haul. We will see the greatest revival and it'll look like a healthy family and it's coming. And I know your families were broken and I know there's a lot of pain and shame there. And the spirit of God is saying, I can restore all things. I can redeem the years, even the painful years, the troubled years, the spirit of God will redeem time and he can make you the parent you never had. You can be healed so you can heal the wounds of your parents. I'm telling you, this is a word that this is the hour we're in. And the hour we're in is that God is backing this. He's saying, I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts. So he's already working with it. It's our job to be sensitive. God, are you leading me to reach out to that family member? God, is that you having that sensitivity to forgive my own dad? Where is that coming from? And you got to work with God. He's trying to direct you. But sometimes we say, oh, that could never be healed. That could never be fixed. You don't know what we've been through. And we close ourselves off as God is trying to get something to us that will transform us. So let's work with God. Praise God. Sometimes we need to carve out time to turn our hearts as a family. My dad tur- took time off of work to take us to Wyoming. It had to cost him something, but in the long haul, that man of God sits right behind me every week in this church, the wind at my back, and our hearts are turned still to this day towards one another. All things are possible with Jesus all things are possible for those who believe it's sometimes easier when kids are little to get their attention. You know, like it's easy to make your kids laugh when they're little. It's so easy, but as they get older and older, these things take greater investment, even laughter. Like I remember a great pastor's wife saying, get your kids laughing hard out loud every day because it'll store up resilience for them for later in life, even in the hard stuff. See that they're laughing. Laughter is a healing agent, and it'll store up some strength in you for when they're older. So laugh hard out loud every day. Why didn't the word of God say, and God will turn the hearts of the educators or the hearts of the government? They have no power. Before these institutions ever were, only one thing God had in mind. His divine plan existed, and that was the family. I want to read you some things from a little article I read. It said, Lady, do you really want to reform society? Then go home. No reform will occur unless it originates there. No movement will move unless it moves there. No law can stand unless it's favored there. No religion can stand unless it's useful there. God has a clear-cut design for the home, and we will either conform to it, Or reap its consequences. So I want to speak to parents in the room this morning. Own up to every failure. Own it. Own up to it under the blood of Jesus. Then put your past behind you. Because God has put it behind you. Make every adjustment to come under the authority of scripture. Nothing like the word of God. Nothing like the word of God. I eat. I devour this book. Like, like I need it. Like the air that I breathe, this book has guided our life and my decisions. Lord, where can I find you? I'll find him here. He has given us these plans. And some people say, well, the The Bible's boring. Well, if you don't eat of it, you won't be hungry for it. But the more you eat, you get hungrier. It's one of those weird things. You don't eat of it. You don't get an appetite. You start to feast and then you're like, I can't get enough of this. This is the Bible's alive. It's living and active. You will find life jump off its pages as you devour it. The husband 's greatest need is esteem. The wife needs security. Every child needs a father and mother who love God and each other. Take the ownership of the responsibility and and take control in your family. Align your home and family with the word of God. Allow God to turn your hearts towards your children. This is the main issue. If your heart is not set on God and your children, then where is it set? Where is your heart set? Implement spiritual disciplines in your home. Read the Bible. Pray together. Demonstrate love. Attend church regularly. Discuss the kingdom of God normally. Now, we're not one of those families that sits down every night and reads the Bible together. As a kid, my dad did that for us. He would read the daily bread, they were like these little devotional books, and he would teach us the word of God. And then Joel and I, as a family unit, but every day we talk about Jesus. We have praise music in our house. Even they'll be humming it in the shower. Here, ah oh, God is an awesome. God, you know, the word, the songs, they're in the kids' hearts. And then at night, ah, oh, the most precious thing. And 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 don't if you don't have a father in the home over your kiddos, you do this, moms but I'll watch Joel, my husband go into the boys rooms and go each child. And he prophesies and prays over them and lays his hands on them. And if he's not home, say he's out late or at a meeting or something, they, they wait for him. Well, when's dad going to be home? I, he's supposed to pray over me. It's like the peace that comes from a father praying over their children or a mother. I remember one of my boys was bedwetting and I was like, Oh heck no, you already been potty trained. There's no regressing in this family. This family does not move backwards. This family moves forward. So I would go over him in the name of Jesus. My son will not be a bedwetter by the power, you know, and I just would declare some things while he was asleep and things broke off of him. We have this authority as believers over our children, but our hearts must be turned towards them. Our hearts inclined Towards them not distant. Sometimes we push them away or think I don't understand you, especially sons and fathers. I don't get you. And so you can be harsh with your sons, or maybe your father was harsh with you. You got to forgive him. You got to release him or you'll resemble him. You'll start to behave just like him. If you don't release him from that. Do whatever you have to do to regain and maintain the hearts of your children. When your heart is turned towards your children, you will know them better than anyone. When you have your children's hearts, they will confide in you. In order for you to effectively shepherd the hearts of your children, we must, they must be sure and secure in your love. The spirit works through Elijah and John the Baptist and it's still with us today. He is turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. This is a revival that we're going to begin to see in this hour. And it's not just physically like moms and dads and dads and children. It's a reconciliation spirit. It's a spirit that says, you know what? I've been estranged from that family member for all these years. And now the spirit of God has come And there's reconciling between us. My little sister was estranged from God. She describes it like this. I used to drink because I felt homesick for God. You know that homesick feeling you ever had when you're missing someone? Well, she start to, started to have that for the Lord because she had walked away from him. So she was really homesick. So she started to drink alcohol. And this past January, God arrested her heart. He turned her heart just like that. She got rededicated her life to Jesus. She gave up alcohol. She's been sober since then. And this week she's moving here and she'll be sitting right there because God is turning hearts, not just for the father. But God is turning hearts towards Himself. We just stepped on the soil of Peru. We were only there a short time. People were coming up to us saying, what do I have to do to be saved? We weren't going to them. Hearts are hungry. People need real hope. And Jesus is the answer. You find him, you find life evermore. There's nothing that I've needed that he hasn't provided. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He is what you're longing for. And people need to see on our lives this Jesus is real, and oh, he looks good on you, amen. Oh, let's make him look beautiful to a world that needs him, turning hearts in the end time. Here we come. This is what God's doing, and this is just a message to kind of like let you know to expect the unexpected, to think God could never restore that relationship. If you will believe, and get in line with what he's doing right now, you will see the miraculous in those very situations that feel impossible. God is moving. A restored relationship with God brings a restored relationship with family members. God is so concerned with his relationship with man that man should reflect that union with his fellow man. So he's about this. The wind will be at your back if you're in the reconciling moments with people. You will never find God warring that. He wants reconciliation more than any of us. And I realize that's his heart. So don't give up. Did you hear me? Anyone felt like quitting recently? Yeah. Anyone feel? I want to tell you something. I felt it too right because we're at the brink of something very significant. There's a real resistance because you can break through in this moment. The book of Ecclesiastes is, people think it's a Beatles song. You know, there's a time for everything Turn, turned. No, that's from the word of God because Jesus is the best. And And for everything, there is a season. It lists all these seasons in the book of Ecclesiastes. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to, take those plants out. But in that whole thing, it has never mentions a season for quitting. It never once I heard a pastor say that there is no season for quitting. And if you will remain, you will see the goodness of the Lord. I just want to tell a few people this morning, do not give up. Do not give up. You're right at the brink and you want to just throw it in. And it hurts worse than you could imagine. God's spirit is saying, I'm turning some hearts. I'm doing some things. If you will stick with me, you will see the goodness of the Lord in this situation. We got to get a little gritty. We got to get a little gritty and say, I'm digging in my heels, God. And I'm sticking around to see what you're going to do because God is faithful I never thought I'd see my sister in a personal revival like what she's going through, but we believed God. We stood with her and she is walking with Jesus. She's homesick no more. She has that that reconciled moment. Praise God. Pastor Jack Hayford says this, breakthrough happens because the Holy Spirit is speaking a word People need to hear and they are responsive to it. So when God speaks a word that you might need to hear for, for your life and you respond to it and say, God, that's me. I receive that word. I need that reconciliation in my family, with my father. Oh, yeah. When we were worshiping, God said in my heart, I don't hear him audibly. It's not like I hear his voice. It's a sense in my heart, a nudging. It just feels like he's nudging me and saying, there's a lot of people with father issues in this room today. There's some real broken places and some real pain. And God is saying, my heart is here to bring comfort and healing. And when he moves where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. And he wants to set you free. You can be the person that you didn't have as a child. You could be the father or the daughter that you did not have. And the spirit of God can bring healing through you. You can be an agent, a bridge. This word in Malachi, that he'll turn the hearts of the fathers towards the children is the last thing written in the Old Testament. It's like, why would he put that? It's like the bridge between what he had done and what he was about to do. And so it is a word from God. And I, I received it strong in my heart when I got it. I thought, you're about to do some special things in people's family. And I'm, I'm only here to tell you to expect it. So that you don't miss it. And then you say, that is so crazy. My sister called me. I haven't talked to her. Or why do I feel this love for that person that hurt me? Where did that come from? Spirit of Elijah, God is turning hearts. He's shifting things. And you just need to know so that you're not confused by it. And you can walk in it. Amen. Amen. We're almost done, but we must pray and be in tune with the season that we are in and praise God in it so that we don't miss it. We must respond to God in this hour and what he's doing and keep our hearts open to the way he wants to move and restore and work in our families. I loved this. Elijah had like a a buddy that was kind of like always with him. His name was Elisha. Imagine that. You're always getting their names confused because if you say it fast, Elijah and Elijah, Doesn't it sound the same? But anyways, these guys were, Elisha served Elijah and stayed with him. And Elijah's about to leave. He's taken up by a chariot, which no one's ever gone away that way, but this, the Bible is crazy cool. So he gets taken up in a chariot. But before he goes, Elijah says to his buddy, or his the guy who served him, Elisha, I'm about to leave. But what do you want? What do you want? Ask me anything. What do you want from me? And Elisha says to Elijah, and I worded it in this way, I want to be so much like you. I want to be just like you. I want everything that's on you to come on me and a double portion of it. And I thought of this. I thought, what if our kiddos Or we could say to our parents, Dad, everything that's in you I want on my life and a double portion. I don't know a lot of us who could say that right now. You know what I mean? It feels like that, but that would be the goal that our love and our life and our hearts towards our kids would be like, that our kids would say, I want everything that's on you and double for it. Praise God. I want the children of this house to desire a double portion of their parents' life. God could do it. I want something supernatural to come upon this body of believers so God can usher in this great revival